0: Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Coy Kemisholi along with Jerry Green. We're going to give our top 10 shooting guards list going into the NBA season. Uh, how are you today, Jerry?
1: I'm doing pretty good. How are you?
0: Doing good. Let's get right into it. Uh, so for my list, I had Karis Lavert and CJ become just missing it. Uh, the top five guys are pretty stacked, and six through ten is almost like fair game for anybody else in the league, honestly. Uh, let's get right into it. My number 10. I had Andrew Wiggins. I have Wiggins on this list because now the downfall of Clay, I think Wiggins could play a huge part and role on that Warriors team this year. And this is kind of a bold prediction. But, you know, I think he could end up having a pretty good year. And, you know, him and Curry might work pretty well together.
1: Um, that's interesting. I think he's probably going to have the best year of his career. I don't think he's going to be quite as good as number 10, though. Um, I also had Karis Levert. He would have been, like, my 11th spot. But number 10 for me was Zach Levine. Um, you know, he's still in Chicago, kind of a mediocre situation, not really a playoff team. He's probably like the best player, um, hands down. He's going to be like the number one scoring option, but you know, he's not a very good defender. He's amongst the worst in the league. Um, but he's a good scorer. He's efficient. He can shoot the ball well. So for that reason, I had him at number 10.
0: Yep. I had him at number nine for the same reasons that you had him. Who would you have number nine?
1: Um, CJ McCollum, you know, I think already gave my takes about the Blazers how I think they're going to be really good this year and I think that starts with Dame Lord and CJ McCollum forming possibly the best backcourt in the league
0: that's interesting uh for me McCollum just missed the list because I thought because the new the new players of uh, Portland acquired I think McCollum's role is going to go down a little bit but I could definitely see a scenario where he is definitely a top 10 shooting guard I mean he just missed my list so, I can't disagree with that. Uh, my number eight, I had DeMar DeRozan. I think he's going to have another good year. Uh, I think he's on the downside of his career, though. And eventually, within the next two years, I don't think he'll be a top-ten shooting guard anymore. But I think he'll have a good year this year, considering the fact that the Spurs were really quiet and free agency and didn't get much. And they lost a couple players, too. So, his role might honestly go up, and that's why he's at number eight for me.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I kind of forgot about DeRozan when making this list. He was... You know, he's definitely in the mix too, but um, eight for me was Drew Holiday. Um, It's going to be interesting to see him in Milwaukee. I think that team is going to be good, at least in the regular season. Um, I think he's a huge upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. And the big three that they have of him, Middleton, and Giannis is going to be, it's going to win games and it's going to be successful.
0: Yep. Uh, I did not have Drew Holiday on my list. Uh, I think he will be a top 15 shooting guard in the league, but I did not have him in the top 10. Uh, Who's your number seven?
1: Number seven, um, Jalen Brown. You know, with Kemba's status up in the air, I think that the Celtics are going to have to rely on a lot um, on Tatum improving if they want to maintain the level they were at last year. And maybe some of the younger guys, like Grant Williams, um, taking some leaps, but also Jalen Brown continuing to improve and play at an all-star level. Honestly, last year at the all-star break, I thought that you could have made a case that he should have been an all-star over even Jason Tatum. Now, obviously, after the all-star break, Tatum really started to break out, and he was having all those 30-point games. Um, So he kind of put some room between him and Brown in that aspect. But still, Brown is their number two guy, and he's a good scorer, good defender, just a good all-around player. And, you know... I have him as a top seven shooting guard this season.
0: Yep. I had Jalen Brown at number six uh, for the same reasons. And I'll explain that in a couple seconds. My number seven, I had Bradley Beal. I think he's going to have another uh, like kind of the same role as he did last year. I think he'll have his really good games like he did last year, uh, but not as pr- much producing as he was last year. I think last year over the course of the regular season, you could argue he was a top five shooting guard in the league. I mean, he was averaging a lot of points and he, I think he should have made the All-Star game. I mean, he was close. It's debatable. Uh, but for my number six with Jalen Brown, I had him for the same reasons you did. And honestly, I have him at number six because I think his role is going to increase because in my opinion, I think Kemba Walker is nowhere near as what he used to be. I know he wasn't that bad last year, but injuries have kind of killed him. So I think Jalen Brown's role is going to increase a lot.
1: Yeah, um, I had a little bit higher than you did, but my number six spot, this is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I think he's going to have a huge year. I mean, obviously, Oklahoma City isn't going to be good. Um, probably their second option is, like, Al Horford. So, you know, he's not in an ideal situation, but he's going to be getting um, – he's going to have full control of the team, going to have the keys to the offense. And, the, you know, he's a good defender too. He's lengthy. Um, one of my favorite players. I just think that he's going to continue to make strides in his development. And I think he might even be an all-star candidate this year in a stacked Western Conference, you know, guard spot. It's hard to get in, but I think he might end up doing it. You know, his team's record isn't gonna help him, but I just think he's gonna have a good year in Oklahoma City with no one, you know, kind of taking the ball away from him.
0: I would say that's a hot take. I mean, that's honestly I like that hot take. I do I do like what I've seen in Gildas Alexander. I personally don't know if he's a top ten shooting guard yet. I think in two years he will be, but I don't I don't think he's there yet. No, but I could definitely see him having a big year, like you said. It yeah. should be interesting to see what he does with OKC with really not much around him. Yeah. Um, what's your number five?
1: Um, my number five is Donovan Mitchell uh, from the Utah Jazz. I think the Jazz are, you know, they're going to have to fight a little bit harder for a playoff spot than the past few years because simply all the other teams are getting better and they are kind of stagnant in their, you know, roster. At least I don't think they're getting a whole lot better, but – um, it'll be interesting to see because this is Rudy Gobert. His contract situation, whether he's going to get the max extension or not, is debatable. Um, not sure what's happening there. So, um, regardless, Donovan Mitchell is probably their guy. I think that Rudy Gobert, in terms of value, brings on defense, is like very important to the team. But when you look at like the face of the franchise, it's got to be Donovan Mitchell, um, especially what he does on the offensive end. He's just you know, a really good player. He played really well in this year's playoffs, and unfortunately um, they lost to the Denver Nuggets in Game 7 on, like, a last-second miss shot by Mike Conley, but I think with Mike Conley, this is another key point. When Conley, he kind of, it took him a little while to get acclimated to um, Utah. Like, last year, I think it's safe to say he disappointed quite a bit, Um, but he started to pick it up. I think he did pretty well in the playoffs, in the bubble, and I think that Once they kind of develop some chemistry, Conley and Mitchell are going to, you know, be performing at a very high level.
0: Yeah, and I'm one of those guys that's really high on Donovan Mitchell. Uh, My number five, I had Jimmy Butler. And this is, I know, I can understand that this is a questionable spot concerning he was one of the best players in the league last year, impact-wise. He wasn't, you know, offensive and defense-wise. I mean, he's a solid player, but he wasn't the best. It's just the way he was a leader. Uh, I don't know. Just the four guys I had ahead of him, I think, are better. And we'll obviously get to that in a few minutes. But I think Jimmy Butler is amazing. And like I said, the top five players are, like, kind of all pretty stacked and really good. Uh, so I had Jimmy Butler here just simply because of how good he is. I honestly didn't have much of an explanation for it. Number four, I had Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I think Mitchell is a star, like you said. I think he's just going to continue to develop. He's got that max extension. So he can now kind of relax in Utah a little bit more and he's just going to continue to develop, and I think he could be a top three shooting guard within the next couple of years.
1: Yeah, I'm going to just say now, I did not have Jimmy Butler on my list. Obviously, he would have been there, um, probably in like the top five, top four range, but um, I just, I, I mean, he played mostly shooting guard last year, but I think he's supposed to play um, a little bit more small forward this year. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll put him on my small forward list, so that's the reason why I'm not going to mention him. Um, But my number four spot was Bradley Beal. You know, I said I had him a little bit higher than you. He is one of the worst defensive players in the league. Um, There's no denying that. But um, with Russell Westbrook coming to Washington, I think that Bradley Beal is going to, even though like last year, his performances were kind of based on him having the ball in his hands a lot, I think that he's one of those players who's really good playing on and off the ball. um, And I think he's going to continue to succeed even with Russell Westbrook getting a lot of usage um, for the Wizards.
0: Yeah, this is a huge year for Bradley Beal because if he can have a really good year, uh, no matter when his contract's up, it could really depend on the kind of extension or how much he gets paid because this shows how he can deal with other players around him. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he does. Uh, my number three, I had Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker's the best out of the three through five guys. Uh, I don't think he'll be better than Donovan Mitchell soon, but for right now, I think Booker's a star, and I think he's their guy in Phoenix, and I think he could win a ring in Phoenix eventually, but not for a little while. Uh, Who'd you have at number three?
1: I also had Devin Booker. I think our top three is probably going to be the same, but um, Devin Booker, you know, he's a really good offensive player. Gets the free throw line a lot and hits them um, at a high rate. I just, you know, I like everything about his game offensively, He can play a little bit off the ball, and I think he's got a great um, teammate backcourt pairing in Chris Paul. They're gonna um, fit well together. He's got DeAndre Ayton, who's developing as a young big man, um, probably one of the best young big men in the league. And I just think that the Suns are probably gonna be like a top six seed in the West this year. If not, I think they're. I'd almost guarantee them to make the playoffs. So, for those reasons, I think Booker is finally gonna get his respect. Like last year, he should have been an All Star. He ended up playing in the All-Star game. He made it in as an injury replacement, but I think he's definitely going to be an All-Star this year, and I think he's um, a top three shooting guard in the league.
0: Yep, I think he is too, and that's why we both have him there. Uh, Who's your number two?
1: I had. We'll we'll see if we have him in the same order, the top two. I have Luka Doncic too. I don't think he's on the level of James Harden um, yet. He's basically everything that Harden is, but a worse defender, um, a little bit less efficient of a scorer. Um, and he scores less in terms of volume too. He's, I'd say he's a better playmaker than Harden. That's the one category I give him the edge in, but with all of that considered, I just don't think, you know, he's going to reach the level of Harden yet. A lot of people are picking Luka. I think he's like probably the most popular pick that people are making for MVP, um, maybe outside of Giannis to win the MVP this season. Um, I don't think that the Mavs are going to make quite the jump that people are projecting them to they you know they aren't going to have Christoph Porzingis for the beginning of the season so I mean we'll see with them uh, they're definitely a team that I could see even making it as high as the second seed and Luka does have a great season maybe even wins the MVP but um I'm just not sold on that happening yet and while it's definitely a possibility I still don't think he's on the level of James Harden
0: Yep. My number two was Luka Doncic as well, and I don't think he's on the level of James Harden yet either. Uh, In terms of winning championships, I think Doncic is more capable of winning one. Uh, I think he's more a facilitator, which is what you need out of a star player like this, but I just don't think he's on James Harden's level. And I put James Harden at number one just because he's a reigning MVP candidate for like the last three years. He's going to average 33 or so a game. He's going to continue to do really well. And Now, since John Wall's there, I think John Wall kind of I don't know. It's I don't think that is going to work out very well. I could see some problems happening there. So I think Harden will do as usual, kind of like hog the ball a little bit and just put up a lot of points and stuff. And, you know, when, like you said in the last podcast, whenever you have a guy like that, you're pretty much a top five offense in the league. And that's what I agree in. And I think Harden will lead the Rockets to the playoffs if he stays on that team. But it should be interesting to yeah, see what happens. Yeah, the
1: whole Harden situation is really interesting to talk about because obviously there's the trade rumors, um, you know, potential suitors in Miami, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, uh, the list goes on. He just he pretty much wants to be traded to any championship contending team, preferably in the East. Um, but I was I'll tell you this: I was watching the Rockets' preseason game um, on Friday night, and John Wall, like I know it's preseason, and you can't draw massive conclusions from it, but like John Wall looked like himself again. And the reason why I'm confident that Wall will be it's not going to turn out to be a terrible situation in Houston. Um is because you could tell from just watching him that his athleticism is still there. I mean maybe over the course of the season he kind of deteriorates a little bit. Um there's still a question whether or not that's a good fit next to Harden. I think that out of the past three um star point guards that he played with, um Russell Westbrook Chris Paul and John Wall I think that Wall might actually be the best fit next to Harden Um, you know you don't really think of Wall as a good off-ball player but he does have experience playing in a loaded backcourt with Bradley Beal back in Washington and um, you know Wall he's not a guy that has a reputation as a shooter but his career numbers on the catch and shoot or on wide open threes is like over 40 percent so you can't leave him wide open Um, he's still gonna Provide spacing unlike Russell Westbrook. And I think that as long as Harden stays, that team's gonna contend.
0: Yeah, I think this Harden's I think Harden's just tired of Houston. I think Harden is trying to trying out duos at this point. But you know, who knows? Maybe he embraces it a little bit. I mean, by his actions so far, he certainly hasn't. But it's gonna be interesting to see. Uh I don't know. I don't personally it's gonna be interesting. I don't think Harden's gonna get traded. I don't know if anybody is gonna want him because of what they're going to have to give up, it uh, came out today that the Rockets wanted Ben Simmons and three first-round picks, which was one of the offers on the table. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. And, you know, if they're asking for that from, like, all the teams that are in contention to get Harden, I, I just don't see it how yeah, anyone's I mean, going to want him.
1: to be fair to, like, Houston, I think that, like, Harden, there's never been a player traded at the level of Harden in their peak. Um, besides maybe Anthony Davis, you could say, because he was a little bit younger. So if you look at Anthony Davis, the Lakers had to give up like four first-round picks plus two um, young players that were like potential future stars. So if we're – and plus Josh Hart too, who was younger and like a good role player. um, I mean, I think that the Rockets would expect at least something close to that in return for Harden. And Ben Simmons alone, it would be an interesting thing, but I don't think that that's really a fair deal. Um, You know, I love Ben Simmons, but I don't think you can really count on him being as I'd rather have like two years of Harden guaranteed elite than, you know, the next four years of Ben Simmons. But we're not sure if he's going to reach the level of like top five player in the league.
0: Yeah, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. And I personally don't know if I want Harden in Philly. I'm still undecided. I think I would. I personally know that's That's all I got
1: for this episode. We'll keep coming out with. Um, The rest of the positions, uh, you know, three more to go, two down. Um, Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.